Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones, Episode 4 of Season 1. The first day on the river was a lesson in the intricacies of canoe travel for Lazarus. What he had envisioned as a leisurely float down the river was anything but. While there were certainly times where they sat quietly and hardly had to guide the boat, far more often than Lazarus would have liked, they fought the rapid currents which worked to dash them against the rocks. Whoa! Urzel, grab him! Urzel quickly snatched Nimbles out of the water by his collar. When the boat had nearly tipped over, Nimbles had pitched overboard. She quickly set him down and then began to furiously paddle them away from the group of rocks that they were headed for. Are you okay, my love? <coughs> yes, yes, oh, thank you. Thank you, my darling. Had the pup not seen you go into the river, I would not have known. <coughs> and thank you too, brave Lazarus. No big deal, Nims. You good? Yes, <coughs> yes, I am good. I am good. Look out! Lazarus and Urzel paddled furiously and just barely escaped ramming the bow of their boat into a large rock that jutted out of the center of the river. Why didn't we take the rope? The rope would have taken three times as long. And it's much easier for the Heartless to catch us on the road than it is for them to catch us on the river. As soon as they cleared the rapids they were in, Lazarus and Urzel tossed their paddles into the bottom of the boat and leaned back against the sides of the boat. Trees lined the edges of both riverbanks, and the sun had recently gone behind the western trees. A premature dusk set on the river as the trees blocked out the majority of the sunlight. We should make for the river's edge at the next clearing we spot. You always have the best ideas, my love. Urzel embraced Nimbles, and they rubbed their noses together, mm-hmm. longingly staring into each other's eyes. Lazarus turned away, uncomfortable with the display of affection. As he did he noticed what appeared to be tongues of fire floating in the darkness of the trees. Hey, hey, what are those? Those pixies? Those are beautiful, man. Urzel looked over at the fluttering flames. While there were only three or four at first, they seemed to multiply quickly, birthing nearly five times their number in rapid succession. I don't know. They're not pixies. Those little devils don't look like candle flames. I've never seen something quite like these. Suddenly, one of the flames leapt out from the trees and sailed between Nimbles and Urzel. It shot past the boat and extinguished itself in the water. What was that? As all three of them stared into the water where the light had extinguished, a sudden noise grabbed their attention. A flaming arrow was embedded in the far side of the boat, just barely above the waterline. Down! A volley of arrows flew from the woods. Most of the arrows splashed harmlessly into the water, but two found purchase in the bottom of the boat. Urzel carefully looked over the boat's edge and saw no more flames amongst the trees. Hurriedly, she reached over the boat's side and splashed water into the bottom of the boat several times, putting out the arrows. Grab a paddle, pup! Urzel and Lazarus began furiously paddling down the river. Arrows began sailing past them in the dark. With the boat's swifter pace, whomever was in the woods no longer had time to light their arrows. Fear gripped Lazarus, but he pushed through and paddled as hard as he could. I'll be okay. Get us to safety. Lazarus and Urzel paddled for what seemed like ages, long after the whistling arrows stopped dancing around them. Urzel began softly crying. 
but did not let up her paddling for some time. I, I think we're in the clear now. Relieved, Lazarus and Urzel tossed their paddles down once more. Lazarus collapsed on the floor of the boat, and Urzel grabbed a hold of Nimbles. Gingerly, she placed him in her lap. The arrow was lodged firmly into his shoulder. Lazarus watched them and then sat up. He grabbed a paddle and carefully guided them to the opposite bank from where their assailants had been. Full dark had set in around them, and it was difficult for Lazarus to pull the boat up onto the bank, but eventually Urzel set Nimbles down and helped him. They quickly worked to pull the boat as far up onto the shore as possible. Urzel grabbed her knife and sawed a few branches off from nearby trees. She draped them over the boat, camouflaging it as best as she could. There are things out there that can see in the dark, especially things that work for the sorcerer Kyle. Hey, yo, this Kyle is a real dick. Lazarus heard Urzel's intake of breath huh? and broke in. I mean that Kyle is really mean, I, and I don't like him. Then yes, he is a dick. Lazarus smiled to himself. Nimbles had stumbled over to a nearby tree which he was leaning against. They decided against a fire as it might draw their assailants' attention. They ate some dried sausages and hard biscuits in silence. Darling, we must take that arrow out and clean the wound before it festers. Uh, shouldn't we take it to a doctor? Maybe we could in your world. But the nearest doctor is hopefully in Tarshave, which is at least two more days on the river. You would see him die waiting for a doctor. Chill, lady. I I just don't do stuff like this where I'm from. I can see that. You will need to hold him down, Pop. I'm sure I can keep still. No, my love. No one can. It will feel as though your insides are coming out along with the arrow. Here, place this stick between your teeth and bite down. Hard, rather than screaming. That's it. Pop. One hand on his shoulder and the other on his hip. Yes, good. Okay. On three. One. Two. Three. Nimbles promptly passed out once the arrow was removed. Urzel lifted the arrow tip to her nose and inhaled deeply. Oh no. What's wrong? Poison. What do we do? I, I, I don't know. Nimbles lay quietly but his breathing became more and more ragged. His breaths became more and more labored, and they began to come further and further apart. We've got to suck the poison out. Urzel pressed her lips to the wound and tried to pull the poison out with her mouth. (sighs) Nothing's coming out. His blood is beginning to get thick around the wound. Nimbles' breathing became increasingly more erratic and pained. His veins began to show in his neck from exertion. Nimbles, my love, don't leave me. Urzel sobbed in anguish as she picked up Nimbles' tiny form. Lazarus could hardly see them in the dark, but he could feel them. Nimbles' labored breaths and Urzel's sobbing almost had a pressure to them that pressed against Lazarus. (laughs) Suddenly, without thinking so much as being pulled by... Something. Lazarus lunged towards them. Put him down. Startled by Lazarus's command, Urzel held on to Nimbles more tightly. Now! Urzel stayed still for a moment and then laid Nimbles down gently on the ground. Lazarus felt around Nimbles' chest with his fingers until he found the wound. And then, without knowing why, Lazarus jammed his index finger into the hole. 
Nimbles was beyond any reaction at this point. He lay motionless and silent. What the hell am I doing? This is nasty. Lazarus felt through Nimbles' body, not with his physical sense, but with his... magical sense? He was not sure how to think of it. He began looking for the poison in Nimbles' body. Nimbles' life force was there, but just barely. What was there was a dark, stinging feeling. The poison. Lazarus began pulling at the poison, but it resisted him. It wanted to remain where it was. It coated the inside of Nimbles' veins as it traveled further and further through his circulatory system. Lazarus began to pull more and more firmly. The poison was almost slippery in its texture. Lazarus began to sweat as he pulled harder and harder. The poison began to glow within Nimbles' body, a faint, dark purple light that traced all of Nimbles' veins and arteries that the poison had traveled to so far. The poison slowly began to backtrack its steps as Lazarus pulled harder and harder. The purple light began to congregate around Lazarus' finger that was still within Nimbles' shoulder. Keep going! Harder and harder, Lazarus pulled, using every ounce of magical strength he could muster. Once all of the poison had massed around Lazarus' finger, Lazarus wrenched his finger free from Nimbles' wound and tumbled backwards. Urzel and Lazarus stared at the glowing purple mass that oozed and bubbled around Lazarus' finger. Lazarus flung the mass into the river, and it sank deep within the churning waters, extinguishing that sickly light. Immediately, Nimble sat up, <laughs> sucking in as much air as possible. Nimbles! The orcas gripped her love tightly. All the while, Nimbles kept taking deep, gasping breaths. Finally, he gently began caressing her black hair, making shushing sounds. Don't you ever do that to me again. I couldn't bear to live without you. <gasps> No, my dear. I won't. I'm here. I'm here. Lazarus watched the couple as they held on to each other. They truly were in love. This was not some fling, but something deeper. Something magical? Hey, yo, Nims. Let me see that wound. Hey, I got an idea. Lazarus crawled over to the couple, and Urzel begrudgingly let go of Nimbles. Lazarus pressed his hand to Nimbles' shoulder and tried to pull the flesh together. Again, a light began to glow within Nimbles' body, but this light was green. It was alive. <gasps> the flesh quickly knit itself back together with a little popping sound. I, 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 I can't believe it. Lazarus, you've healed me. Nimbles stood up and gave a little traditional gnomish dance, showing off just how well he felt. Oh, this is incredible! Lazarus, you're the best, Oizel! Look at me! I'm as strong as I've ever been, if not more! Lazarus laid down on the ground, exhausted now. He watched as Nimbles and Urzel danced together, his heart full of relief. <laughs> and then, they began to kiss passionately. Oh, no, no, not this again. Oh, my love. As Nimbles and Urzel sank down to the ground, their intentions all too apparent, Lazarus, blessedly, passed out from exhaustion.
Lazarus awoke to the jerking of the boat as Urzel pushed them into the river. Lazarus lay on the bottom of the boat, on his side. He sat up and recalled that he had fallen asleep to Urzel and Nimbles, kissing passionately. Oh, good. You guys are uh, finished. And, uh... Oh, it's so bright out. It is a lovely day, is it not, Lazarus, my boy? Would you like some sausage? I made a little fire and warmed up our sausages this morning. We figured in the daylight the firelight wouldn't draw much attention. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll have some sausage. Jill, can you be a little quieter? Yes, 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 of course. I forgot that using magic does not leave you feeling as vibrant as I feel this morning. My, my, we had a lovely evening, did we not, Erzy? Mm-hmm. Erzel paddled the boat by herself, deftly guiding them to the center of the river. The river should be fairly mild today compared to the rapids we hit yesterday. Around midday, we should be able to stop at the city of Hawthorne. I wouldn't risk stopping in a village, but we should be fairly forgettable in a large city. Maybe we'll be able to get some fresh bread and meat. That will be a treat, won't it? Oh, yes, my love. That will be quite splendid. It sure is a lovely day to be with you, Erzy. Oh, yes, we are so lucky. Okay, cool. You guys are so glad to be together. But, yo, would it be cool if you guys just stopped with all the lovey-dovey stuff while I'm around? It really makes me uncomfortable. Lazarus? We had not seen each other nigh on a year before her crew pulled us up onto the Impaling Spear. Impaling Spear? Yo, what is that? The Impaling Spear is the name of my ship. Oh, that's nice. It certainly strikes fear into the hearts of those that are being chased by it, does it not? Anyway, you wish us to minimize our passion? We're making up for lost time, are we not, me sweetling? Nimble stepped up behind Urzel and kissed the side of her neck tenderly. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna find a way to use magic to get you to a room ASAP. A room to ourselves sounds quite lovely, doesn't it, lover? Lazarus took on a sickly green pallor, disgusted at what he was being forced to experience. After a few moments, though, he sat up and grabbed his paddle. Urzel had been right. They hardly ran into any rough parts of the river and the rapids they did hit were mild compared to the previous day's offerings. Nims, you say this place is called Rogent? Rogent. Yeah, that's it. Is Rogent like this whole planet? The whole planet? No, our planet is called Mortis, or at least in Rogentian. I'm not very familiar with what it would be called in Jongorian. Jongorian? Jongor is the country to the east of Rogent. Our two countries share a continent. Whoa, so like, what was the first city we were at? Well, that was Lauren. It's a port city, but it's also near the Quiver Mountains, which is home to the underground dwarven city of Gladiria. Okay, so in Lorem, I saw all kinds of people. You saying in Gladiria is just dwarves? And generally, the big cities will attract all different types of people. You're right. But there are some ancient cities that predate humankind, and they are traditionally more homogeneous. Gladiria is almost all dwarves. The forest city of Caradelio's population is almost entirely composed of elves. So humans are a big deal here. Urzel and Nimbles gave each other a displeased look. Humans entered our world thousands of years ago. We do not know where from. They certainly have formed countries and dynasties themselves. The king of Rorgent sits upon his throne in the capital city of Paladior, 
on the opposite side of the country from where we are. The humans have certainly disregarded the history and cultures of many peoples in their desire to create their own countries. The city of Frizora used to be called Borzim, and it was an entire city of orcs. Once the humans came, they took the city and renamed it. Orcs were scattered to the wind. You will see us in many cities, but we no longer have a homeland. Man, that sucks. Black people in my world were sold into slavery for hundreds of years. I don't even know what countries my ancestors come from. Urzel looked taken aback. You said your world only has humans in it, so humans sold other humans as property? Yeah, it's messed up. And people who look like me are still mistreated. Dang. Ugh. Humans. Hey, hold up. I'm still a human. Well then, perhaps you can try not to disenfranchise other peoples when your power comes to you fully. Man, Nims, what you talking about? Lazarus, there are only two humans in all of Mortis that can use magic. Balthazar and Kyle. Balthazar has mainly kept to himself for the majority of his known existence some 800 years. Remember that he's not even in our world technically at the moment, and Kyle... Well, Kyle's been around for less than 20 years, and no one knows what he's doing. He has not sought power, but he has certainly killed many people. So there ain't a whole lot of wizards walking around here? No, not currently. Just two. Well, <clears throat> now three. Hey, man, I just done a few tricks. I don't know nothing about me being a wizard. All right, pup. Think whatever you will. The morning gave way to early afternoon, and the city of Harthen came into view. Like Lorem, Harthen was also a port city, but on a smaller scale. It was a river port at the confluence of the Luminor and the Glider rivers, whereas Lorem was a coastal port, accepting ships from numerous other countries that also bordered the Xandarian Ocean. The three travelers easily navigated their boat into an open dock and tied it off. Urzel tossed a coin to a small elfling running on the dock. Keep an eye on our boat, and I'll give you another copper when we return. Aye, aye, ma'am. The architecture of Harthen was vastly different from Lorem. While Lorem's buildings were mostly made of stones and mortar, the buildings in Harthen were largely made out of timber. Most of the buildings had large covered front porches that acted as balconies for the second floor, which in turn also had a balcony if there was a third floor. Nimbles led them down a street that turned out to be full of various types of food stalls. It appeared to Lazarus, though he could not read any of the signs, that they all came from various different cultures an elven bakery next door to a dwarven butcher. A very loud gnome was crying out the different vegetables he had for sale. Brinky! Hey, Brinky! How are your parents? They're doing well, Nimbles. Glad to see ya. Want any potatoes? Nah, not this time, Brinky. I'm just stopping by for a quick bite as I'm traveling. Have a good day! Nimbles walked past a butcher that had some incredible scents coming from it. Hey, Nims, hold up. This place smells real good. What about here? Nimbles looked up at the shop, and his face went a little green. Uh, this is an orc butchery. My sweet, I mean no offense to you or your people, but orcish butcheries do not turn down any sort of meat. Any sort. Nimbles tapped Lazarus on the arm and gave him a look that was full of implication. Lazarus stared at Nimbles for a moment and then gasped. Yo, you mean they eating people meat? Uh, among other things, if any authorities would ask questions, they would of course deny. But nothing will be a turned away here. 
I'm sorry, my sweet Erzy. I hope I have not hurt your feelings. <laughs> of course not, my love. You are merely speaking the truth. The orcish palate is quite refined, and we can enjoy any manner of meat. I imagine most of this shop's larder is full of rodents and other vermin. And, of course, the cuts of meat that other butcheries have disposed of because they have turned. A haunch of lamb that has turned greenish-blue is quite the delicacy for my people. Uh, hey, Nims. Let's go wherever you was taking us. Oh, all right this way, young wizard. Hey, I ain't no wizard, man. They passed a few more shops and stalls until Nimbles led them into what turned out to be a human bakery. They purchased several meat pies and pastries. The walk back to the boat was uneventful, but pleasant. Lazarus ate one of his pies, which was full of a thick brown gravy, as well as some type of meat and vegetables. Oh my God, this is so good. I need to get this recipe for Mama. Why wouldn't you just make it for yourself? You need your mother to do everything for you? I can make a box of mac and cheese real good, but I don't know about something like this, though. He is but a child, my dear. He's only seen 13 years. Urzel gave Lazarus an appraising look. Mm, still, a young human should be able to at least make food for themselves. As they rounded the corner that led to the docks, an arm stuck out and grabbed Urzel by the throat. <gasps> Quicker than Lazarus could comprehend, she brought a knife up and sliced the offending arm clean off at the elbow. <gasps> Lazarus had expected to hear a scream of pain, but the man simply turned and slugged Urzel across the jaw with his other arm. <gasps> Nimbles lunged at the man's shins. <gasps> He wrapped himself around one leg and bit the man on the back of his calf. Lazarus noticed that the man's chest had an odd depression beneath his shirt, right where his heart would be. Heartless? Urzel had stumbled backwards when the man had punched her. She quickly came back to the fray and tackled the man. Urzel, Nimbles, and the Heartless fell in a heap. Lazarus ran over and kicked the man soundly in the back of the head three times. His body went limp after the second kick. Lazarus helped Urzel up, and she grabbed Nimbles. They ran towards the dock. The elfling that Urzel had tossed a coin to lay dead, sprawled out on the dock before their boat. As they hopped in the boat, Lazarus turned to see several other Heartless running down the dock towards them, their lifeless black eyes trained on him. Urzel handed her knife to Lazarus, set Nimbles down, and then grabbed a paddle and sat down. Lazarus quickly sawed through the rope, and Urzel began to paddle them away from the dock. The group of Heartless had made it to the end of the dock and were going to easily jump onto their boat. Without even thinking, Lazarus raised his hand and in one sweeping motion threw a gust of wind at the group of Heartless, who are now all airborne. All but one tumbled back onto the dock. One, however, was blown downwards and hit the side of the boat. She just barely caught the edge of the boat and began to pull herself up. Nimbles grabbed the other paddle and, swinging the edge of the paddle like an axe, struck the heartless woman right on the temple. She immediately crumpled into the water. Lazarus grabbed the paddle and began paddling alongside Urzel. <laughs> All that fight makes me hungry. You know, I think I'll have my second pie now after all. Lazarus Jones and the Circular Bones was written by the Big Dirty Monster. You can follow him and all of his exploits at BigDirtyMonster.com. The music for this podcast was created by Matthew Jameson. You can learn more of his work at MatthewJamesonMusic.com. Lazarus Jones was played by Nico Schumpert. 
Nimbles was played by Ken Wolf. Urzel was played by Kelly Bono. The Elfling and Prinky were played by Matthew Jameson. Story editing by Matt Mills. You can find his work at pennymagic.co.com.